0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 459 my name is dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we reach the conclusion of season one of the fox series fringe and it's been quite a ride this episode is freaking mind-blowing so can't wait to get to that yeah, in a few minutes yeah
1: definitely uh this is uh, a <clears throat> uh pretty much a template for this is how you should end a first season
0: yeah no kidding um now just a reminder we typically record either monday or tuesday feedback's got to be in sunday night eastern standard time and we'll, we'll get to record in the morning on, on this week because you've got a professional day and i'm making air quotes because <laughs> uh, i don't know if it's the end of the marking period and you're supposed to be doing great no, I'm, I'm, I'm teleworking man
1: nice, okay. went in. um yeah back in april
0: oh so so it's a telework day so i am teleworking there you go there you go um now for you guys if you want to contact us with episode feedback questions whatever sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can do that Uh, join the facebook group and participate there if you haven't already now, just a little bit of news. Fred mentions in his feedback, uh, you know what we're doing next, and as we've said, we're, we're covering be foreigners next, and whether or not we return to fringe is still to be determined. But uh, you know, Fred mentioned some of the shows, and you know, the Nevers is a show we plan to continue with, and whether you're calling it season two or season one part B uh, because they filmed them all and and they released them six and then they're going to do six more, which are already done. But all they're saying is sometime in 2022, uh, Ragnarok is filming season three foundation just began filming season two on April 11th and tribes of Europa still has not been renewed. So we've got nothing imminent in in the, uh, in the cooker for the, you know, what we're going to do after be foreigners and you know hell that's six weeks dude we got that's like an eternity tons for time. us tons of time <laughs> yeah so uh all right anyway let's get to what we're watching because we cut that short last week because of uh you know the because of covid
1: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, that's like you um, know everything you you when you hear because of it's almost like the next word you automatically expect to be covid you know
0: yeah, and it'll be interesting if anybody goes back and listens to any of these, uh, you know, years down the road. Or is anyone listening long.
1: now? A- yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, what we're watching. Um, I mentioned a show called Yellow Jackets that is currently on Showtime, and it is really a fascinating show. It's it's a show I did not think I was going to like because I I saw it in my you know little Showtime feed or whatever you want to call it. And basically the premise is that this elite high school girls soccer team is flying to the West coast to play in some sort of a championship game. They're playing crashes in the Canadian Rockies. And then what we have is sort of a Lord of the flies meets the hundred and they are not rescued for 19 months and without going into the details it 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 goes back and forth between the present and then what was actually taking place and and uh you know one of the things that occurs to me I'm not going to get into any more detail other than that except that it's really good but it it got me to thinking about genre shows that have these overarching storylines and and i apologize in advance for mentioning the show which shall not be mentioned but go ahead you know. um i give you lost, a dispensation for today Yeah, i mean lost was if not the first certainly one of the first and and, and i think the one that captured you know the imagination and attention of, of so many genre television fans and the thing about lost was Yes, it had a 22 episode season or 24 or whatever, but we only had to wait three or four months for the next installment. Right. Now we get a show that drops, you know, a really cool cliffhanger or whatever, and we might be waiting a year if we're lucky. And that kind of sucks. And Yellow Jackets is certainly one of those shows. Uh, they got more questions than answers, but who the hell knows when we're going to get season two. So anyway.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Of course we are watching the, the season finale, uh, today, or I'm sorry, we're talking about today. Um, but back when initially showed, like you said, like this big kind of, I wouldn't necessarily call it cliffhanger, but there's certainly a, a big reveal at the end that can lead to much more story. And we wouldn't have to wait a full calendar year to get that next, like you said, it'd
0: just be a couple months and season two would be there. Yeah. And it's a calendar year if we're lucky these days. So, you know, anyway, that said, the other show Fred recommended and I finally got to is Banshee on HBO Max. I love it. My wife loves it. I mean, it is kind of violent and my wife is not into the violence, but she's so engrossed in the storyline it's like she said Well, oh, i gotta find out what happens now uh-huh. and uh you know just real quickly uh this uh, ex-con gets out of prison after 15 years he's a master thief and he's tracking down his female partner who who basically he allowed himself to get caught so she could get away and he tracks her down to this small town next thing you know he's taking the place of the town's new sheriff who nobody of course knows because he was just supposed to show up so he's now the sheriff he finds her in town she's married to the town's lead prosecutor and it's just a a fascinating tale i I will just leave it at that so anyway what's on your well as
1: i said last time i'm going to talk about the batman which dropped on? Well, I mean, obviously, it's, I think it's actually still out in theaters. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, but it dropped like you know, I guess, a little over a week ago on HBO Max. Um, I did not. This is. I mean, I actually did want to get out to the theaters to see this, but just really didn't have a chance. And it, it's. You know, I don't know. I'm. I, I'm. I'm pretty much you know, like I, I don't know. Still a little nervous about theaters and big crowds and stuff like that. Not that I have, because we've been going to field hockey tournaments and everything, and they've been indoor and no one's been masked, so um, <clears throat> you know, kind of gotten back into, you know, used to, to going about life like that. But anyway, point is, it was out, didn't see it, but it came on HBO Max, and my home setup is nice enough. It's almost like being in the movie theater, except I don't have to buy tickets. I don't, the popcorn's a lot cheaper, and I don't have to sit right next to someone I don't know, so... Um, but, uh, I was really surprised by the Batman. Now also I'm going to temper this with, um, when I went to, sat down to watch it, I was already pretty tired. Like I'd had a long day. Um, so there were parts where I actually start, was nodding off. So I'm not saying it's a boring movie. I'm just saying I was like super tired, but I think part of it is that, there's a couple of things that and and I appreciate the 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 people behind this movie making these decisions of kind of going against the grain of every other Batman movie that's been made right like the Christopher Nolan ones was there's a lot of action a lot of fighting a lot of like car chases things like that and we really don't get that with this one we get a lot of like detective comics type stuff you know like um and i know you don't know what that means you know there, there was one of one of the batman titles that i used to read was detective comics and it was just him solving mysteries and everything so it's him more as a detective rather than as a avenging crime fighter and so there's just weird stuff like the police are there at the a crime scene all of a sudden the batman shows up and they're like oh who's this freak and you know You know, Gord, Captain Gordon There is he's like, ah, he's with me, let him in, you know. Um, And he just kind of like walks into a room and it's like, just he's like an investigator like everyone else. And another choice they made is that we really don't get a lot of Bruce Wayne in this. Um, You know, most of the time, most, almost every Batman movie has been pretty much, probably I would say, maybe 60, 40, maybe 50, 50 scenes with Bruce Wayne. And then Bruce Wayne is the Batman dressed up, and this is very heavy on him in the costume and kind of light on Robert Pattinson just playing Bruce Wayne, um, which again was a a kind of something I noticed that makes it different than other Batman movies. It's it's really long; it's like three hours long. And I think it's it's very dark, you know, both in in. Theme, you know, in tone, but also visually, uh, it's it's a very dark movie as you'd expect. You know, it's a gritty, very realistic type. Bat- you know, you're not going to see any Doctor Freeze or, or Poison Ivy like supernatural ability bad guys. We just have the Riddler, who's like just you know is is a serial killer, you know, and he's trying to chase him down, and it's portrayed very realistically um both and, and everything so a lot of really kind of cool choices that uh makes it it's it's different you know like it's not your typical batman movie at all it's 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 very very different um but i think there's you know room in this universe for more than one take on the batman i think this was a pretty good one so
0: well, it just occurred to me, and I—I and I think I am going to check it out. Whether I get through all three hours or not remains to be seen. But uh, you know, I, I do like the way you describe it, uh, especially. But then it comes to mind. I mean, what would make it even better is who who they could get to play Poison Ivy if she was a character in the movie. I mean, it's obvious, would, isn't it? Um, would Would it be? Um, um, yeah, it would. <coughs> Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart, right? <laughs> So all right. Anyway, you should be her agent, man. I know. No kidding. (laughs) All right. Let's get to fringe episode 20 of season one. The finale. There's more than one of everything story by Brian Burke and Akiva Goldsman teleplay by Jeff Pinkner and J H Wyman directed by Brad Anderson. And this is the fourth episode he directed in season one. It aired on May 12th, 2009. Now you already alluded it to in our opening comments, has there ever been a more powerful season-ending scene than the reveal of William Bell, played by Leonard Nimoy? I mean, and, and I never noticed this before. Maybe I noticed it at the time, but I hate when shows put Leonard Nimoy's name in the opening credits because it yeah. sort of destroys the power of the reveal at the end.
1: Right, right. You know, I mean, and and, and as Fred mentioned earlier, you know, it's like um, not today, but a couple weeks ago, you know, we did hear William Bell's voice, and for those who are attentive, probably recognize this Leonard Nimoy's, But I, I am pretty sure that I stand as one of many who was genuinely surprised when Leonard Nimoy turned out to be William Bell.
0: Yeah, and like you said a few weeks back, I don't remember whether I recognized his voice or not. I mean, obviously, both of us are, are huge Star Trek fans of the original series, and I don't remember what the media buzz was about him being in the show. So it's hard to say at this point, but either way, I mean, I mean when, when Olivia's staring out the window and, and realizes where she is, if she hasn't already i I mean just goosebumps and Mm -hmm. you know i mean has there been a more powerful season ending scene Um, you know maybe but i sure can't think of it offhand that that's for sure
1: right and you know i guess the 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 further away we get from 2001 you know know, i mean it's still even though this was like 2009 right this came out you know it's still like close up that was definitely very much you know, something that was probably one of the most significant events of our lives, right? Um, and to, at the end of that scene, to pull out and see the twin towers there, um, they, yeah, you know, they, they did some, some. I don't know. Do you ever watch Life on Mars, the American version when I, I, it came out? Yes, I have. Yeah, so there was like that scene, the first episode where he transports back into the 70s and he looks up and sees the twin towers and you know again it was just really something that you were able to to get a really a big strong emotional impact um out of that uh so yeah that was that was definitely a very still a, it's still a very moving scene that to, to end it
0: yeah now obviously <clears throat> traveling between worlds without a device is possible right i mean jones needed the device to open one of the soft spots and, and you know, again we'll talk about that in the course of the discussion but clearly people like olivia dunham don't need any kind of a device right. so h- how exactly it works we don't know yet at this point but we've suspected for a few episodes now that that she is able to do it um the other we, thing no, that I mean,
1: I, last episode we you know, it was well pre- yeah yeah yeah
0: well we <laughs> suspected i mean that was yeah right
1: right and we know you know, um, uh, you know the, it's the has something to do with the cortex that she was you know the
0: subject of the the test when she was a child right so will there be other you know members of that trial group that have the same ability i mean we, we've seen others have different abilities but you know, you know right now that's a pretty freaking cool ability to have that's for sure um we learned that communication between worlds is possible electronically because you know nina mentions that's the only way she has been communicating with william bell so whether they have cell phone service between uh the prime universe and the alternate universe we're not sure exactly what she means by electronic but, uh, but do- I, I feel like
1: it's whatever method they use is not a common method. You know, it's going to be something kind of, there's, there's going to be some kind of timey wimey wibbly wobbly stuff. That's going to, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's fine as well. What that, I, I forgot to mention it in, in the, uh, you know, opening news section, I've mentioned that show counterpart several times, which is a multiverse storyline and it was on stars. And what I realized it's not on stars anymore, but dude, it's on Amazon prime. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you can check it out. Uh, if okay. you're, you know, inclined, JK Simmons is, is one of the lead characters, All right. uh, Olivia Hello, Williams, Simmons. who we, uh, yeah, you know, Olivia from Dollhouse, sure. is, is, uh, in it as well. But anyway, I, I meant, forgot to mention that earlier. You know, one of the things that you and I discussed a little bit, uh, you know, in Facebook message before we recorded is that, you know, there are a lot of hints dropped in this episode as well as previous episodes uh, about Peter and Walter and the two universes. And, you know, we were kind of talking about, well, you know, maybe this stuff is no longer uh, spoiler zone material. Maybe yeah. it's fair to bring it out into the open because I, the
1: I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I, yeah, because yeah, I rewatched it last night, and I'm like, I was, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, you know, this, this is pretty, pretty clear and obvious of of what's gone on here. They they make it, it pains to, to really, you know,
0: say about what Pierre's real deal is. Right. And, you know, we've talked about it in the spoiler zone on multiple occasions, but here Walter essentially admits to Peter that he went to the other world and took the Peter from that world. Now, it doesn't click with Peter yet at this point, but certainly we know from all the clues that have been dropped that, oh, okay, because certainly we see the headstone with Peter Bishop Mm -hmm. having died at seven years of age. Peter doesn't see that so you know as the viewer you know we're making these connections that dude he just admitted that you're not Peter from this world you're not Peter Prime the other thing is we see the observer again and he only comes when the situation is dire so we don't know what that situation is yet whether it's the coming war that we've heard about maybe it's more imminent than we figured but Regardless, the observers here. And, you know, I guess for, you know, lack of better terminology, Prime Universe and Alternate Universe. So. It's good. I'm good with that. The main story, Walter's disappearance, and then, of course, all the revelations. But, you know, we talked last time about the scene at the diner when Olivia is just really hard on Walter about what it is he and William Bell did to her and the other children. You know, I, I really liked Peter's reaction. Were you surprised by that? I, I, I guess
1: no. Well, cause I mean, he kind of, I think he, he basically steers a, a, a middle ground on it, right? Like he doesn't, he's not really, he seems like he's a little upset with Olivia, but then he's also says, I understand why you said what, what you said. So, you know, yeah. it's not like he's, like, ah, it's, you know, he doesn't give her a pass on it. He's not like, it's all good. Don't, th- don't worry about it. But on the other hand, it's not too, like, he doesn't come down really hard on her.
0: Yeah. Now he, he does also mention that Walter understands as well. And, and clearly, you know, Walter brought it up. I mean, we see Walter sobbing in the diner and, and, you know, we only see, you know, a, a few more seconds of their conversation, but obviously either Peter pulled it out of him or Walter just opened up and, and explained exactly what had happened but but yeah I, I again i think that speaks to the larger relationship that these three have you know built and that again peter's not stupid and again i mean what's his reaction gonna be when he finds out the truth that he's not from this world yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean I mean that's kind of mind-blowing when you get to the end of the episode and and you look at all of the clues that have been dropped. That's kind of the big question that I want answered and obviously it's going to happen down the road but right. um, you know at at this point it's you know who knows. I, I would say he will not be best pleased by the news. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> think. And and
1: I guess we'll just leave it at that. But yeah, it's funny because it's like, how, you know, it's obviously that's going to cause a rift in this relationship. That a big part of this season has been, has been, sorry, has been the repairing of this relationship between father and son. You know, I think we, it really, I think, came to its kind of high point with Peter making the, you know, turning the electron microscope into something that could make digital copies of all Walter's records. You know, like that was like a really, nice moment we talked about last week so walter and again part of me is questioning now still when did walter you know does he just remember about peter's deal now or has he known the whole time because you know you figure you know for walter that's just like he knows that there's this point in time where he's going to have to tell peter and that it's going to it's going to very adversely affect this relationship that they've been building. Um so there's almost like this sense of tragedy and of um with with Walter as he's ha- must be aware of ultimately what he's going to have to tell Peter and how he, Peter's going to react to that.
0: Yeah, and I mean if you were using this to teach dramatic irony it would be very right. easy to do uh for for sure Um, You know, we mentioned the observer and and we see that scene where Walter and the observer are walking along the beach, which visually was just a a really stunning scene. I wish they had, you know, brought, you know, like, like kind of a mid shot because it was either that really far away shot of them or then the, you know, really extreme close up of the two of them talking and. Yeah, I would have liked to seen something in between but but that's okay. He asks Walter if he recognizes a coin, and walter's first reaction, "How did you get that and that's when of course he he lays out that line uh, it's from another place there's more than one of everything and, yeah. and later on, we see Walter finally finding that device in the beach house with the coin on top of the box i mean I, I'm not really sure whether that was significant that the coin was resting on top of the box and obviously had been there for a long time because you see when he picks it up there's you know the dust all around it right but I, I think just maybe like walter kind of speaking to himself from from the
1: past saying here's what you're looking for you know oh a clue oh, yeah. okay yeah May, uh, that's just kind of like how i took it is just walter knowing that he is uh forgetful or maybe knowing that his his memory would, or whatever, I don't know, but just, you know, left him a clue that he was able to find the thing that he didn't even know what he was looking for, you know, but when he saw the coin, he realized that this is it. This is what I've been looking for.
0: Okay. And, and it does appear as if the observer has led him here, uh, tells him there isn't much time. Do you remember what it is you're looking for? So uh, you, you know, I, again, whether it's that coming war because this device is to plug a hole in the universe but we also learn that there are soft spots all over again we're just in the boston new york area so we don't know how far these soft spots extend are they all over the world are they you know i assume there's a soft spot in germany near the prison i guess right 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 Uh, you know we see that scene where where they discover that walter's missing and peter goes from you know not really being that concerned about it to you know then figuring out where his father may have gone and, and of course and he's also you see the scene when when they're showing him the surveillance photo at walter at the train station you know i was a little surprised that peter seemed to be surprised that they had that and, and I don't want to say he was angry about it but um, i wonder whether that's you know the side of him that's you know the the libertarian that you know stay out of my business right you know um, i would say government but you know massive right. dynamics bigger than the government
1: right right here yeah. and you know massive dynamic is is scary right it is the uh representation of all you know kind of faceless quote-unquote soulless corporations that uh you know like we get a feeling that peter is just kind of against that type of stuff for sure and and uh he is a little he does seem a little shocked
0: yeah and and you know we've talked about what peter's reaction is going to be when he ultimately finds out the truth and, and and again we've got another one of these touching scenes that's drawing father and son closer together and, you know, Peter's recalling when his mother used to bring him to the beach house. And then Saturday morning, he'd, he'd wake up before his alarm because he could smell the pancakes. And and, and in a sense, that that kind of led Walter to that closet. And then, you know, once in the closet, as you point out, the, the coin was probably, you know, the final clue that he needed to know. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the thing he was looking for was inside that box. But. You know, he explains about he and William Bell using LSD to see into another world and then trying to figure out, all right, there's got to be a way to do it without drugs, which was, I guess, then the genesis of the Jacksonville Cortexophan trials. So they're getting closer and closer together. But but then that one clue that that he drops around this time, something was lost to me, Peter, something precious Okay, fine. at At this point, we don't know exactly what that means, but of course, when we see him and the gravestone's face is finally revealed towards the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Well, <clears throat> and
1: he he follows that up with, um, you know, talking about how Peter had gotten sick, which he'd mentioned a number of times throughout. You know, he right. says he I stole something. You know, you were really sick. You were you were gonna die or something like that. And so, you know, again, at at this point, we probably are able to put it together. But like you said, we really, you know, that's like when he sees the gravestone at the end, or we see it, I should say, that just kind of puts the exclamation point on it. Like that, just yep, that's what we're talking about.
0: Right. So then the question that you know we've mentioned before, and you mentioned it a few minutes ago, does Walter realize? that this is not his son. This is the Peter Bishop that he stole from the alternate universe. It would seem that he does. Did he remember it from the beginning or has this been a gradual process?
1: Yeah, that's, it's absolutely my question as well. Has, has Walter realized that the whole time this, this whole time has he been aware that, that this Peter is a peer they stole or is it just now? Um, because you know, again, I, I don't know. I, I, there's no clues. I think we can point to because you know the times he he you know he keeps talking about Peter and Peter's childhood as if he there's no difference, right? That he is his son that he raised from a young boy. But then yet again, here we are, we're standing in front of the gravestone where he clearly um, knows the, that there's two different Peters. So.
0: Right. And that leads me to, you know, buy into the gradual process answer rather than that he's known all along. Yeah. And, you know, so uh, but as you say, we don't we don't certainly know for sure. But he's also talking to Peter about, you know, what he and Bell, you know, had had posited that they could open a window and travel between worlds. He says he wanted to do that. And take what he'd lost but you have to find the right place and then things start clicking and and of course olivia and charlie are back with the fbi team and and they kind of make the connections at roughly the same time that that riding lake is you know where they want to go and of, of course that that's uh where they all end up the other story david robert jones and olivia jumping worlds and, and obviously it's all it's all connected but that opening scene when nina's brought into the hospital after getting shot and you were right last week i i didn't remember i i mentioned that i thought maybe they just used a stun gun but you know as you mentioned that the sound certainly implied that it was an actual right. gunshot which is of course what it is but i thought it was pretty cool how they figure out who who the man in the mask is and you know voice recognition is a thing and you would think the fbi has the latest technology so it only takes them a few minutes to uh figure uh figure it out but i i forget who it is that that mentions about the bandages i mean certainly jones mentions that teleportation Certainly has its cost has
1: to the right take a toll, and yeah, it's Olivia who says you know the other guys are wearing masks, but this guy's wearing bandages, you know
0: you know and and we're thinking like, okay, well, why shoot nino again because we learned all they wanted was that power cell that actually and it, and it slipped by me the first time I watched it, you know this time, which would probably be about the third or fourth time i watched right. it but that william bell it wasn't part of her functioning arm he hid it in her arm so we you, you know why did he hide that in her arm did he suspect that somebody would come looking for it at some point and who would that somebody be i kind of doubt it's david robert jones which then just leaves walter bishop so was he hiding it from walter i don't know i mean we don't get well, the idea I, you know, I, that it, I, it was part of her functioning
1: arm but I, you know on the other hand though like after it's out like she has her arm in the sling
0: mm-hmm. like
1: why would you need your bionic arm in a sling <laughs> like, yeah well that's a good point too so <laughs> I, I that's that, that that's the only thing that made me question like oh was it actually something that was related to the functionality of the arm
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's a good point, and and we get that great scene when Broyles is at the hospital, and, and uh, apparently she has Kevlar parts in her rib cage, which helped save her as well. And and uh, Olivia shows up as the specialists from Massive Dynamic are working on her. Let's just say this treatment doesn't fall under any HMO. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and and, and Broyles <laughs> again his. Dry humor is it, it, just always spot on whenever it uh, appears. And, and this was certainly one of the uh, one of the great things. You know, when she says she doesn't know where Bell is. Yeah, she knows where he is. I, right. mean, I, I You know, I mean, obviously it comes out later in the episode, but I'm not sure why she feels she needs to keep that from Olivia and Philip at this point i mean she knows they're on her side i mean i don't <laughs> oh he's in the other world well let's just go get him then okay right. yeah yeah
1: yeah this whole season she's been kind of this mix of helpful and unhelpful you know or you know kind of hindering and helping their their investigations uh and so this I, you know i just this is kind of like in line with all that you know like she only she keeps her cards very close to the vest and um you know only reveals what is absolutely necessary
0: yeah and i don't want to overstate how significant an actual multiverse is and what that will do to you know everybody's thinking so you know maybe at this point she's just trying to buy time to make sure that that information, you know, is in good hands with Olivia Dunham. For some reason, I suspect Philip already knows this. And, and of course, I, I think Nina even says to Olivia, I think you, I think you know where he is. <laughs> yeah. And, of, of course, we're suspecting that as well. So, you know, that was pretty cool. And, and that line about, well, what can he do with it? what can't he do with it well and, right. and of course we learn he needs it to power his devices i mean a cool scene where jones and his team are just setting up their devices in the middle of the road uh, are they in? i can never remember whether they're in new york or boston they're in new york yeah okay so it wouldn't matter which city. I mean, I guess New York technically is, is a much busier city than Boston, but Boston I mean, it's is just more
1: likely that someone just setting something up in the middle of the street in New York would be more, like, realistic that people wouldn't
0: care <laughs> if this was happening. they right. you know, just and, keep going and, about their their day, you know. And that's what most of them do. I mean, occasionally you'll see somebody walk by and glance over and then go right back. And you see virtually everybody on their cell phone and and you know we've mentioned this is 2009 the era of flip phones um, I don't know if BlackBerrys are a thing in 2009 they probably are uh, at this point figure they were yeah I guess right but I never I think had one. what what happens is it, it, whatever Jones device is doing sending out you know or emitting signals or whatever it does seem to be impacting people's phones because you start seeing everybody take the phone away from their ear and look at it like we all do it's like okay looking at it's going to give me the answer as to what's wrong (laughs) yeah okay that's good but the scene with the truck you know once he gets it active and we see that shimmering with the bridge in the background again just an awesome awesome scene we see the truck coming from the other universe and and again we're not exactly sure what it is we're seeing yet right and then when they can't hold that opening open long enough and it shears off the back of the truck it's like wow that was cool and then of course boils or or charlie i guess it's like eh, this truck was never made
1: Yeah, right. Um, Because yeah, like there's no VIN number, or the VIN number is doesn't exist in this world and everything. So, yeah, yeah, that was that was that was wild. Yeah, the only thing is like the driver died, and like I mean, I know it did hit that car and everything, but it didn't seem like I don't. don't Yeah, you would think the truck would.
0: It it, it didn't seem like it was that violent of a collision, you know. Yeah, that that somebody in the passenger seat. Yeah, I could see them getting killed, but I know what you're saying. Um, but we do learn that you know the fingerprints turned up nothing which i mean if we watch tv crime shows long enough we know that well if the person was never arrested their fingerprints are probably not in the system i guess with a lot of jobs uh you know when you and i became teachers fingerprinting teachers wasn't a thing i think they do that now don't they i, I could be wrong about that but yeah. um, i don't know but anyway yeah. um you know, Olivia asks Nina, well, where'd the truck come from? I think you already know that. And then right. of course she says, William Bill is not in this world. So Okay. All right. Um
1: Yeah, and that's, that's cool. like, the the one thing I had about this episode is both Peter and Olivia seemingly not aware that there's more than one world. You know, when they just had this, you know, I, I was really questioning if the people who wrote this script like read the previous episode script, you know, because you know, it's, you don't like Olivia is like, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know, I can't put my finger up it's, on it because on the one hand, she doesn't want to reveal stuff to other people, I guess, and everything, but I'm mean, she totally knows that there's another universe, you know, this should be no surprise to her at all,
0: right. You know, on the one hand, visually, they're very cool. And we get three of these scenes where, you know, in the first, the truck is sheared in half. In the second, the soccer player is sheared in two. And then, you know, finally, uh, Jones is sheared in two. I mean, certainly there's that shock value there. I, I guess they're just trying to impart how dangerous it can be traveling through universes in this manner right doesn't seem to be the same danger if you do it the way olivia does it but certainly doing it this so you know cautionary tale right Uh, well yeah well one thing i mean obviously
1: we're going to probably see this method of travel being used later and so that will help ratchet up the the intensity of the scene, if we know you know what can happen if you don't get through in time, but yeah, definitely cautionary is that if you're a bad guy, don't turn around to talk smack, just do your bad guy thing, like I think Jones's undoing is he has to turn around to boast about how the the bullets pass right through him. It's like you might want to just get through the opening like uh pretty
0: quick, yeah, and to be fair he didn't have the opportunity to watch Game of Thrones, so he didn't, you know, get right. that part about, uh, you know, just knocking out your opponent and getting yes. on with it. But we do learn what his purpose is for going to the other universe, and that is to kill William Bell, I guess. I mean, you know, he. he we learned that he was a, an employee of Massive Dynamic and was let go and that this is all about revenge. Which, on the one hand, seems kind of weak, and I don't mean yes. weak, weak writing, because I guess you could interpret it that way as well. But, I mean, just as a motivation, look, revenge is a real thing as a motivator. We, we understand that. But to use this level of technology to exact your revenge... Um okay I, I mean I I guess I, I mean I don't think it detracts from the story but it it just did occur to me for sure.
1: No you you're right. Nina's and remember we're getting it from Nina too like this story. So we actually, we definitely have to treat that Good with a, a certain level of skepticism. Um because you're right her like its just motivation is just he's a disgruntled ex-employee like eh, you know It seems like he's going through a lot of effort and doing a lot of crazy stuff. And it seems like just beyond a, a, you know, he's mad because he got fired from his job. So I I completely agree with you there. I I don't think, and and, you know, Fred mentions, you know, is this the end of David Robert Jones? Well, I mean, this episode's called, there's two of everything, right? we have already seen there's two broils, there's two Charlies. There could be another David Robert Jones. I hope so because he's a great bad guy. You know, yeah. And it's a little disappointing that they kill him off at the end because you're like, ah, you're know, you had, you had such a good bad guy there. You just killed him.
0: Yeah. So I guess all we can say is David Robert Jones Prime, that's it for him. But like you said, is there one in the other universe? So uh, right. the the other thing that I thought was cool was that idea that scientific progress has increased the number of soft spots around the world you know i mean we've certainly talked about that idea of science and responsibility for your creations and you know this seems to imply that it's an amalgamation of all of these things um, that that have created the soft spots so uh, whether it's you know the impact of cell phone towers of you know whatever so you know they don't go into any specific detail and, and that's fine uh, you know we, we we get that but you know when, when Walter and Peter figure out well actually Walter figures out Ryden Lake is, is where they want to be and and they're you know driving up there he's again and you mentioned this earlier in the discussion Walter tells Peter that as a sick boy he took to collecting coins and peter says what he always says you're right i don't remember any of it mm-hmm. and you know of course well we we know why cuz this peter was never sick right you know this this, this right. peter well we we assume he was never sick clearly he wasn't yeah. sick enough as a child to die exactly but 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 they get there and and right away as soon as um their car is attacked we're thinking like oh man jones God, got the drop on them, and then, and I thought that was cool because that that was so unexpected that it was the FBI uh that was you know after them, and then right, Olivia right. you know jumps in right away. No, 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 they're with me. It's like
1: yeah, okay. and that's neat how like Fringe does mess with our expectations and and our um what well, our assumptions, I guess I should say, because um, yeah, we when they got yanked out of the car, we totally were thinking oh. David Robert Jones got it, but no, it's turned out to be the FBI. So it's just kind of a nod uh, to to you know that little trope that so many shows use.
0: Yeah, and, and it perfectly sets up that that just really del- delicious exchange when Olivia's like, "What are you doing here? Trying to plug a hole in the universe? What are you doing?" <laughs> like, <Yeah>. okay, only <laughs> in Fringe, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, one of the byproducts of teleporting, even though you're going to uh, die, apparently, is that bullets go right through. Now, I'm not sure what sense that makes, but uh, uh, as if all of this stuff has to make sense. Right. <laughs> exactly. you know,
1: I think we're beyond the making sense part of this show, Dave.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but. I, I liked when Walter was prepared to go and face off with David Robert Jones and plug the hole, and Peter's like, no, 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 give it to me. Just what do I need to do? And like, you know, Walter tells him, and then, of course, uh, Peter activates it, she- Jones gets sheared in two, and uh, okay, cool. And then once they're back, you know I mean, you know the uh I guess the denouement of this story certainly isn't what we expected. when Broyles tells Olivia, we've been told to cease our investigation into William Bell. And on the one hand, I was a little surprised that she didn't react. On the other hand, I think she, like us, realizes, you know, that's not our biggest concern at this point. You know, right. we, we, right, we yeah. kind of have verification we, we, that yeah, there's an alternate discovered. universe. There's a, all right, yeah,
1: there's a whole alternate universe, right? And, and according we can to ZFT, access it. We're at war with them.
0: so Right. And then we, we get that lead into the, the final scene. I don't know if you notice this or not, but Olivia's at home and the camera kind of focuses in on her gun and her badge yes as the visual focal point what did you think about that i mean i I mean i guess i started thinking are we supposed to believe that she's reconsidering whether or not she wants to continue as an fbi agent or is she just thinking like do i want to grab my gun and badge and go and do whatever i need to do
1: i I think those those exactly the two ways that that you could take that you know Um, right i I I thought you're right i thought it was a curious shot
0: there and and i guess i feel like she's reconsidering this career path not that she's going to let go of everything she's seen and learned but maybe she doesn't want to do it as an fbi agent and all of the constraints That brings with it we don't get an answer for sure and and speaking of answers nina calls olivia and says hey you kept up your end i'll answer any questions you have meet me at this restaurant and this is the i mean this is kind of a puzzling scene and i i had to watch it a couple of times and i i think i understand what has happened because you know it seems as if nina has stood her up you know we see the restaurant's um, and then she's there alone she goes down an elevator and at first i wasn't sure whether it was the hotel elevator or an elevator at massive dynamic you know there's some sort of a flash and and you know flashing between worlds right because like suddenly there's a bunch of people in the elevator with her right right so i i think what has happened is that you know she's she's flashing between worlds here the door opens a woman greets her and takes her to meet William Bell and of course that's the big reveal that it's Leonard Nimoy but what I'm wondering is it seems to me because we learn she's in the South Tower which is of course has survived in the in the alternate world but I'm assuming that she was teleported somehow that, that just like Jones was teleported out of the prison because he didn't have the device in his prison cell. So somebody externally teleported him. So I'm assuming somebody teleported right. her. Right. Cause it's not know, possible in her world
1: to be in the world trade center.
0: Right. So I'm assuming she was teleported and you know, now she's in the other universe and, and you know, of course that, you know, who are you? And, you know, it didn't matter that there was no reason that he should be in shadow, given the lighting in that office. But it's later Nimoy. They're making it as dramatic as yeah, possible. G- gonna- Absolutely. And that was
1: that <laughs> was fine. But um, there's also some curious about this whole thing, because she's
0: almost in a car accident. Right. Yes. Oh, it, you know what? And I think that's when she travels to the other universe is the car accident.
1: That's what I was wondering because we learned the previous week that she, when she's like emotional or something is when she can travel, right?
0: Right. So I, I'm glad did you're, they yeah.
1: stage this and then, then, then she crosses over right there? You know, I don't, I'm, that's, I'm not sure. Well, that's a good sure point.
0: I, I think you're exactly right. I think that's the point at which she travels between universes, whether they staged it or not, which you would think maybe they did because they know that, that it's the emotion that that enables her to use her power, and then once she's in that other universe, then she's teleported to the to the tower. But then also, but, you know, I also realized so probably.
1: Well, uh, maybe she didn't. Okay, yeah, if she wasn't, yeah, if she wasn't in, at, in, you know, downtown to see the twin towers, then you know, so yeah, they, they then goes to she must have been teleported in some way right because right. whether she was in our world or, or the, this world you know it certainly would have given her a second of pause to say oh hey, there's the twin towers that's nice that they're back up already you know like yep. um so so yeah I, I
0: 100% agree with you on that one right now did you just notice the newspaper i mean how could you not you know right. when she first goes into william bell's office And the first thing – again, this is one of those things that you see Obama's move into the White House and we're thinking like, okay, so William Bell just had a newspaper sent over from the other universe so we can keep up with what's going on. But then you read it again and it says Obama's move into the new White House. The new White House, yeah. Which implies that something fairly catastrophic happened to the original one because – if it, if it was something else they would have said into the renovated white house right but right, the, right, no it's right. it's the new, new. yep um,
1: well and we we already know that this world is much more intense than ours or what we've seen of it has been i should say what we see this world has been much more intense the fbi charlie um, you know, we're there, we we get a feeling that things are not going well in this. Or, you know, the other time she saw there's like smoke coming out of those buildings and everything, so we know things are are not going well for the the um, alternate world.
0: Well, right, and you know, Fred mentions in his feedback about I, I guess a, a, a balance of people. <laughs> in other words, that you know, well, what about in, in this alternate universe there are just shy of 4,000 people that lost their lives in the t- Twin Tower incident in, in the Prime Universe. Well, now those people are alive. How is that going to impact the the greater storyline? And I guess my argument would be that there's probably another tragedy Very, right, that yeah. w- would would compensate for, for that. It's uh-huh. not the Twin Towers, but it's something else. We don't know what that something else is. We, we certainly could imply that it might be the uh, or infer that it might be something to do with the white house but you know again we don't know at this point the other thing former president kennedy addresses the u.n right so jfk was not assassinated in, in this world or if he was he survived but then the other one that obviously has way more meaning to people like us and that is that len bias was the MVP of the playoffs? Did it say that? And yeah, no way. Yeah, oh bias leads bias MVP bias leads Celtics to title or something like that. Oh. And of course, being from Maryland, we know sadly that Len Bias was the number one pick in the draft. He was number two. Uh, oh, he was number two. Okay. Yeah. And a few days later he died from a cocaine overdose and and we know him because he was, you know, one of the university of Maryland's greatest players in all their history. And again, basketball fans know there was that, I mean, he was sort of like Jordan in that same size. He had, you know, many of the same abilities and, and it was just going to be so exciting to watch him embark on an NBA career. And then of course his life was cut short, but, again you know if you're not a basketball fan that that may have gone right by you the jfk maybe not so much but len bias yeah wow
1: i didn't you know i i didn't even catch that at all because i you know i didn't pause it to read the the headlines but oh man wow yeah that's that's crazy
0: yeah well that's all i've got is there something we're forgetting I think so.
1: I don't. Know. I don't know. No, I think that. I mean, there's there's so much. Well, you know, there's a bell on his desk. Yeah, right? what's up with that? I don't know. it. <laughs> he he rings William it. Bell. He's got a bell. You're right?
0: Yeah, but there's got to be something else, and I I don't have a clue.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. yeah obviously, there's something more to it than just the fact of right. his last Does name. Does it
0: activate something or? Someone. right
1: right, well, again, it's so prominent in that shot that it's certainly significant, right yeah, um yeah. there's just a couple of things I need, like uh the, well the, the, actually the one thing was that uh I was out of town this weekend, and actually Revenge of the Nerds was on television, i'm watching it, and I realized that the guy who played booger in Revenge of the Nerds is not Clint Howard, and I was completely wrong in uh, uh, okay. in, in that uh, in making that connection yesterday, so so I, I apologize to both actors and uh, <laughs> and everyone for my ignorance, but yeah, two different people entirely. Cool, um, but I think right. outside of that, I think I think we've got it.
0: Okay, all right. Well, let's get to Fred's feedback, and we'll be right back.
2: Hello, Dave and Vane, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe season one episode 20 the season one finale i gave this episode a 10 on imdb so that would be an a plus and that's mainly because this episode really brought the story further quite some reveals quite some insights and quite some stuff we were waiting for we assumed nina sharp to be an antagonist but suddenly they are cooperating in quite an intensive way I really wonder how this will go in the rest of the series and how often this will switch around. I think it's the last we have seen of David Robert Jones, or at least half of him. It reminded me very much of Under the Dome, of which I only watched, I think, the first three episodes, where there was also, I think, a cow or something like that they sliced just into two pieces Talking about other series, of course, you mentioned it quite often, Dave, the series we both watched, Counterpart. I'm really wondering how the next season will take up these two parallel worlds. Well, fortunately or sadly, I don't have to wait any longer because I can watch on and I'm, yeah, expecting you will not do season two with all kinds of other series like Ragnarok, The Nevers, um, First Be Foreigners, Foundation, Tribes of Europe. Well there will be a lot of follow-up seasons you probably will do and not the season two of Fringe. Almost at the end of the episode we see Walter going to the grave of his son Peter Bishop, seven years old And of course we immediately get the idea that the Peter Bishop we know is actually one from the alternative reality. Which also could explain why Peter misses a lot of his childhood memories. So when it's the other Peter he has perhaps other memories. But actually Walter should know this. On the other hand Walter is often very confused or he just forces himself to believe that this is the real Peter, so his son from, let's say, the prime timeline. But what they should have done somehow is taken the memory away from this seven-year-old boy that comes from the other parallel reality. Because until seven years, well... I think when you are in adulthood, you still remember some stuff from, let's say, 4 till 7, whatever. I also get the idea of the function of the observer. It's a kind of guardian between the two worlds, perhaps. Because at a certain point he says to, I think the previous episode, to Walter, it's time. And Walter just goes with him and then he lands up in this beach house looking for the device that can seal crossings between the two parallel worlds. At the end of the episode, it looks like that Olivia is going to the alternative world, and the only thing I don't understand is why David Robert Jones has a device and uh, takes a lot of effort to cross the line, and she, she just walks in. Big question is, of course, why is William Bell in the alternative reality? Is there not a second William Bell? But perhaps that one died. Because we see that there can be a difference in the different realities who lives and who dies. Because on the newspaper we see that former President Kennedy is addressing whatever. So Kennedy is still alive. And of course we see the Twin Towers still there. Big question then, of course, is when did these realities diverge? Couldn't be too long ago, because then the populations would be quite, quite different. Imagine, for instance, that all the people in the Twin Towers that died survive now. What kind of influence will that have on the future if so many people who die in one reality survive in another? Well, this divergent point has to be at least for... 56 years ago because kennedy survived so we do have to go back to the 60s and the last question is of course how many realities exist infinitive or just two okay that will be all for this time that will be all for fringe thank you very much for doing this because fringe was on my list for quite a long time but i never realized what it really was so now i surely know it well one season and looking forward to look at more episodes coming up in the second season and onward okay till next week till be foreigners greetings all the best fred from the netherlands
0: Fred gives it a ten on IMDb and a plus. Uh, Fred, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah,
1: I can. Uh, yeah, I can see a plus.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you're reluctant. Yeah, I, I hear it. In your
1: the the, the only yeah, like, again, the only thing was just there was just that that part there where like it just seemed like like Peter and Olivia both are like kind of surprised that there's another universe when they shouldn't be at all from right. last period. but otherwise i I'm, it, it was it was really really good it, you know one thing that that it it did is and and, and uh, fred mentions this is that you know they they answered a lot of questions but then at the end you get a reveal that opens up like you can just see opens up a whole new chapter you know so it's not a cliffhanger where we're wondering what's happening but we can see that oh now they they can go and do so much now with what what they've revealed to us especially these last two episodes so just a really good um you know like i said almost a perfect season ending for a show that's not but not a series ender
0: right now he questions whether nina's relationship with the fringe team is going to change and you know i would think yes for the better i think both sides have earned a little trust in the other and as the story moves forward i would certainly think that nino will become more involved with them and and you know she certainly knows she can trust them or at least at this point so you know that makes sense well yes there's only one peter peter prime is dead if we believe the headstone and when we see walter's reaction as he's standing in front of it yeah there's no reason to doubt that right so I, I think we can safely say that Peter Bishop from the prime universe died in, I think it was 1985 at the age of seven. Yes. So we can put that one to rest. The Observer, guardian of the two worlds? Maybe. Maybe, right. I mean, look, the Observer, you know, we still don't know exactly what the Observer is. Is the Observer human? We've seen enough to know that it's certainly just as possible that the observer is some sort of an AI and sent to, as Fred asks, protect both worlds. But we don't know. It certainly seems that way because he's sort of facilitating Walter in his journey to find the plug and then plug this this one hole the other thing is there a second william bell william bell from the prime universe is apparently hiding in the alternate universe well is there a william bell in the alternate universe or is that one dead
1: yeah all right good question that's a good question we don't have the answer
0: you know he he asks about when did the realities diverge and fred mentions that he's seen counterparts so again that's you know the whole multiverse storyline you know it's it's like time travel the the show's writers determine what the rules of time travel are right. in their particular world so we don't necessarily know that it's like a counterpart where actually the two worlds do diverge here it, it might be something else entirely. So yeah, you know,
2: and mostly an answer, it seems
0: though. like it, the
1: two worlds kind of run side by side for the most part, with like yes. slight differences here and so. That's it. Doesn't seem like they really diverge from one another. They just that they they share a number of of similar histories and the timelines are more or less the same with some differences.
0: I guess would seem like. Right, but after you watch Counterpart, which you can access now on Amazon Prime, uh, you, you'll understand Fred's question. Gotcha. But uh, anyway, that's all I've got for Fred's feedback. Is there something you want to mention? Yeah,
1: no, it was uh, it was nice hearing the bells in the background during it. it was, it's always nice to hear. So yes, um, yeah. But no, I'm I'm good. I think I think that's all the stuff that I had written down.
0: So we're all going A plus on sure. this one, which I think is worthy and. Uh, We will leave that discussion there, and and that will do it at least for now with our journey and and rewatch of Fringe. But that'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can contact us. We'll be back next week to talk about the Season 2 premiere of the Norwegian Netflix series Be Foreigners, but until you now,
1: Dave, I have said too much. I'm not supposed to get involved.